Hey guys, this is the end of part one of a two-part series. We want to thank you for coming back to listen to Feed Me Your Construction content, and we look forward to you joining us on our next episode. This is Charles Barefoot. This is uh, Josh McMahon, and uh, we, Charles and I both, uh, want to welcome you to back to our show. We um, appreciate the support. Mom, I know you're listening. I appreciate you supporting the show and um, listening to the show 10 different times is appreciated, but it uh, skews the numbers a little bit. So maybe back that off a little bit. So today we've got a special guest on the show, um, Luke, who is a Marine Corps veteran, stumbled into recruiting by chance and fell in love with it, fell in love with the construction industry, and, and most importantly, fell in love with placing veterans with construction companies. And so we're happy to have Luke on the show. Yeah, welcome, Luke. Hey, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear you hear, you know, who you are, where you came from and, and, and kind of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, as, uh, as they said, uh, Marine Corps veteran lucked into the industry, uh, wasn't looking to get into recruiting and uh, went for an interview for something else. And the recruiting manager for my uh, first recruiting job was like, hey, how would you like to do this for a living? And said, so my options are climb 400 foot tall telephone towers or sit in an air conditioned office and call other people to have them do that. Sounds like an easy choice for me. So ended up getting into recruiting on the skilled trade side of the house. We were placing veterans into apprenticeships with uh, typically just with specialty subcontractors, sometimes some of the larger industrial GCs. Uh, did that for a couple of years and now I'm in executive search for the real estate development and construction industries, working a lot with home builders, general contractors, commercial builders, multifamily, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also running our veterans recruiting silo, uh, still very early on that stage, but it's, uh, it's taken off and it's a lot of fun and excited to see where it goes. I think that's, I think that's awesome, man. I, you know, really happy to have you on the show. Um, you know, Josh and I agree. We really wanted, wanted to get you in here early because the mission you're on right now, recruiting veterans to the construction industry really resonates well with us because we are both, uh, veterans. So, um, we see a likeness with the industry in the industry to, um, or a comparison between, the military and the construction industry, we think they align very nicely. Um, and as you know, we go through this, you know, I think you're really going to hit on a lot of those topics. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, I know we've talked about it before. It, it is a great industry for veterans. Um, veterans bring a lot of value to the industry as well. Uh, they're not afraid to sweat. They're not afraid to work hard and, you know, they're good at thinking outside the box. So, it's uh, there, there's a lot of those kind of basic problems you run into with recruitment and retention for the industry that veterans just they, they start checking boxes. Uh, and that may be a generalization, but there's studies done that, you know, will will lean towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, being uh, a veteran myself, um, a Navy CB, so I think I'm one step above both of you guys, but that's, uh, that's not for this discussion. Um, 
But, but absolutely, I mean, the military training that I received in the CBs just, it was like a natural fit back into the construction industry and, and moving up the ranks and working with those teams and all that stuff. So for me, it was, uh, it was great. And, you know, Charles and myself and, and you as well, like we're very passionate about giving back and, and helping veterans, um, but, but also the construction industry that's done so much for us. <laughs> what are you seeing right now, though, as far as recruiting for construction companies? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really hot right now. Um, obviously, residential, as y'all probably both know, has been through the roof as far as demand over the last 14 months or so. Um, just with the, the major metropolitan areas, everybody's fighting over land. Um, when you're looking at the industry as a whole doesn't matter where everyone wants good purchasing people right now too, because uh, with, with so many shortages, so many delays uh, it, it's those people are really driving movement of the business right now. Um, nothing moves, but you know, it's what, what they say in the military bullets don't fly without supply in the uh, construction industry. Nothing gets built without procurement. Um, so those are those are really in demand skill sets right now and have been consistently. Uh, and then really the the other indi- the other industry sectors, commercial and civil and uh, retail, airport, all of those kind of different sectors, they're all starting to heat back up from that hit they took last year. Uh, obviously, they didn't do quite as well through the uh, pandemic as residential did, but. It's uh, everything else is starting to pick back up, too. So it's a great time to be in the business uh, in any facet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody was actually expecting the residential industry to do what it did during the pandemic. Right. That just <laughs> that blew everybody's mind. And then uh, and then, yeah, I mean, being in commercial, we've seen a bit of a slowdown, but we've been we've been steady. Uh, so it's good to see, it's good to things, I guess, see things starting to, to return to a bit of normal. Yeah. And, you know, on the residential side, there was really when the whole pandemic started, there was a couple of reactions and that was, there were people that doubled down and said, Hey, we've got to push to get through this. And there were businesses that just had their, their flashbacks to 2008 and said, all right, well, we're not going to try to push through a recession this time. And, you know, it worked for some, it didn't for others. Everybody kind of had mixed results and it left a lot of people scrambling. Uh, A lot of the ones that laid folks off ended up scrambling to get them back in. A lot of the ones that kept pushing through saw their demand increase because, you know, if they were the only ones who could still sell, then, Hey, they're the only ones who people are going to buy from. And um, it just created kind of almost a talent vacuum and, uh, everybody's trying to fight over the same pool of experienced people. Yeah. Which is a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It puts you in a great spot and puts, puts job seekers in an even better spot, you know? So, but do you see any, any, um, you know, MOSs or, um, or rates from the military, you know, job classes from the military that translate back into purchasing that we could be, you know i would say just from on the surface of it you'd want to look at 
probably two kinds of people, and that's the ones that are working in the supply chain fields, um, a lot of you know, purchasing procurement with the, the getting things where they need to be on time relates to that. Obviously, nobody's going to come out of the military having been, you know, supply chief for an infantry unit and walk into being a manager or director of purchasing for a builder. But they, they, there is that skill set that translates but needs the fine-tuning. Um, and it's just like with anything else. Uh I'd say those are probably your biggest ones. And then really anything where you've got to kind of deal with, uh, you know, saying customer service about the military is a weird kind of concept to me, but anywhere where you've got to kind of negotiate around multiple different entities, uh, you know, I I think S shop kind of people um, where they've got to go back and forth between one another and, you know, S3 says this, but S4 says this, but S1 says this, it it gives you that ability to kind of b- basically be able to satisfy multiple stakeholders and keep everyone happy. Um, and, that, and that's obviously critical when you're dealing with a role that's so heavily negotiation focused, like purchasing is. Yeah. If that I, helped at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're exactly right about that. I think, you know, the, communicating with all stakeholders from from the person turning wrenches or or banging nails to um you know the executives in the military i, I think those individuals in that supply chain are, are dealing with all different stakeholders and, and really it's just construction companies seeing the value of somebody who can speak to um every um all different stakeholders and helping them understand the home building side to um, to benefit that that company, so I think some of those soft skills are just as valuable as as knowing the the nuts and bolts of building a house, and it's it's really just seeing that. And I I think that that leads me right into um, you know kind of my most important question, which is um, how, how do not just veterans, but how do candidates that are searching for that next opportunity, how do they stand out from the crowd? There's so much noise and, and so many applicants you get. I mean, I'm sure in your position, you post a job and you get hundreds of resumes, which 95% aren't qualified and you're, you're moving on from. So how, how do you stand out and make sure you're in that, that final 10? Yeah. You know, one of the things I've said for uh, it's, I know I made a post about it probably about a year and a half ago on LinkedIn and it blew up, but uh, something that I've always told veterans especially is you've got to think of your uh, really think of your job search as you're going to the rifle range. You're not in a firefight where, you know, it's chaos and and you've got to, you know, you, you basically it's got to be quicker and accuracy helps, but you know, it feels a lot better if you got that 240 in your hands than the M4. Um, <laughs> you want to think of it as your, your 500 yard line shoot where you want, slow, accurate, intentional shots, uh, you know, right to that center mass, right to the tee box or whatever they call it now. Um, making sure that you're, you're, you, you want to have a targeted search when you are looking for a job, um, you know, and that's everything from tailoring your resume to show and highlight the accomplishments that you got in your different roles that are relevant to the position you're going for. 
Um, it is networking with decision makers and stakeholders uh, at these different organizations that you want to go to. And it's finding people that can give you advice. Um, I know both of you probably know who I'm talking about, but there's a uh, army veteran in Atlanta. I believe he's in Atlanta or Savannah who reached out to a ton of veterans in the industry got a huge digital footprint and landed exactly where he wanted to because he implemented a lot of those <clears throat> strategies um, and you know, he's working on a job he loves and, uh, you know, doing great from what I can tell. You, you know what I, you know what I absolutely loved and respect about that individual is that he reached out to me as well. And we set up a zoom call one day. I, I took during my lunch break, I set up a Zoom and he asked me questions about different builders and what should he do here and, and what about this? And and I, I thought, you know, man, this this is a kid that's that's humble, he's he's smart and he's hungry. He knows exactly what he wants and he's gonna go out there and get it. And man, I I think he's doing great stuff. I, yeah, obviously he's busy because he's not active, but <laughs> Yeah, I told him last time we talked, it's told him keep doing great things. I know, you know, 20 years down the line, we'll be talking to each other and he'll be the guy that I'm trying to get to give me some business because he'll be uh, he'll be in that leadership role. He'll be where you're sitting now. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. There's there's no question. Just a really smart kid. You know, what? actually, uh, Charles, we need to get him on the podcast, too. Now oh, that yeah, we're talking yeah, about it. Yeah. So we're talking about a no-name guy. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think you're absolutely right. We do need to get him in as well. He was actually um, one of the guys that I was thinking about doing that for. Um, because it would be a great caveat to this kind of episode. And then and then also just a, a really good personality to, to hear from um, on so many different levels. So, yeah. You know what else was cool about him? He called me when he got on the job. So we we talked through uh, – he, he, he's in a community. He's an assistant construction manager, and he's telling me some struggles he's having. And, you know, he's doing his daily walks. He's making his mm -hmm. punch list. He's driving his schedule. And his construction manager is just kind of nonchalant, not around. And, and I'm like, you know, you just stay focused on that stuff that you know you're supposed to do. It will all work out. Yeah. And – and he was quickly promoted. He's got his own community now. And I'm like, just stick to the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't forget what got you to where you are. That's that's exactly it, man. That's and exactly you know, it. that's something that, like, uh, anytime I catch someone in transition, I tell them that, too. Like, focus on what you know will get you the results for what you need. And really, that's with any business, I think. But Talk to find the people who've done what you want to do, ask them how they were able to achieve that, and then just do the same thing, emulate it, make it work for yourself. Um, and for the love of God, don't delay on your transition because if you wind oh, yeah. up until the last, <laughs> you're going to have a really, really hard time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if there's one thing that we've learned in the military, I think everybody can agree uh, that copyright infringement. Um, doesn't exist in the military, right? So we we copy and paste everything as often as we want, right? Take the take the idea from the last guy and make it even better, and I think that's that's exactly what. Um, I mean, I know that's what this individual did, and then uh, I think it's a great message to put out. It's like, yeah, you want to emulate somebody, emulate, and then build on it, build your own, build your own self as well. 
I mean, what came to mind when you said that just now, uh, I, I know Charles, you probably had to sit through a CGRI at some point being that you were on the shiny side. Um, don't know if you ever had to Josh, but you know, when you've got that readiness inspection, you're not reinventing the wheel. You find all your inspectables from somebody who passed before you look at that, throw some other stuff in and hope you get a commendable because then you end up with a lamb. You got it. That's exactly right. Every every time it's just the same stuff over and over and over again, you know? Um, I'd be willing to bet every functional area is probably only uh, across the Marine Corps. There's probably only three versions of the binder and then, you know, just change names. uh, More than likely, more than likely true. More than likely true. That's great. Um, No, I, uh, I think, I think that um, what you're saying right now really holds true, right? It's it's how it's how you can kind of stick out from the rest of the crowd um, that really begins to matter more and more. Uh, constantly, there are discussions, you know, especially on LinkedIn, right, where where we've all met. the The constant discussion is, you know, does res, does a resume beat a connection or a, or your network and hands down, no. So how do you build yourself out of, um, or how do you make yourself noticed in a network? Right. And it's, and it's really what we're talking about, right? Find those mentors, find people who've done this before and start getting noticed. And that, that goes a long way. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I mean, that, that's mentors don't go away. Um, you, you shouldn't just stop because you got your goal. It, it's, if you reach out to a mentor and they're teaching you, there's no reason that relationship, as long as it's still beneficial should ever stop. You know, it, it's, uh, I can't remember how the saying goes, but it's, you know, something about the day you're done learning is the day you start to fail or something like that. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that you're, you're, only as smart as, or you, you never want to be the smartest person in the room rather. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is a common statement uh, that I've heard echoed and even echoed myself. Right. I never want to be the smartest person, smartest person in a room. That's just, that's just something that has never really appealed to me. If, if I have something to, to learn from somebody else in a room that I'm in, then I'm in the right room. 